Hey hoy, Noiros! Damn, this is my most relaxed. I was gonna say, intro. lean back. Right Yo, there. it's 2022. This is how we do it. Welcome to the show. Out of the podcast. How's it going? <laughs> I'm, I'm. I like. I like. Uh, laid back, Joey. Um, End of vacation, Dan. Yeah. Well, mini vacation. Well, for you, yes. it's vacation, right? You got a. Do you have a little bit extra vacation? I got a little bit. I got a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah. No. But you had a mega streak. I had a streak, but this last week I it was it was broken. I had I had a, a four day work week, which is not bad. Not bad. Still vacation, Dan. Yep. That's that's fine. That's why you know you're in a very zen mode right now. Trying. And and gentleman Joey here to say welcome to the show. Welcome. Laid back, right? Yep. My our minds on our money and our money's on our mind. <laughs> And yeah, you want to start off the year right, I think. You know, I think you want to try to be pretty zen. But we did that, we did that last week, Dan. That's true. We're, well, we're in the year now. It's still this year, so it's still early. It is still this year. I'm officially in my Peanuts tearaway calendar right now. It's fucking delightful. It's good. Calendars yeah. are good. I'm, yeah. I'm, here to, I'm here to say I'm pro-calendar. Yeah. After years of, of being anti. Yeah. Didn't want to lo- even look at it. You didn't even care about the days. No. I, I was in a day's days. If you were, this is too laid back. I don't know where my energy is at this week. We will find out. Dad, you yeah. watch the uh, the Bob Einstein documentary? I did. Did you? What'd you think of that? I did. Yes, I liked it. Um, I, I think it's like I'd only seen a few clips of him as Super Dave. I mean, I was aware of it, and I've seen some of it, but like, I just feel like we I never were coming really had... at like the tail end of it. Yeah, where it was like. Being yeah. told that it was famous, like I, I just remember people like, "Oh yeah, Super Dave," and you just kind of had to figure it out. Right. So yeah, a lot of those clips were new to me. Uh, yeah. As well, which was it was cool. I mean, I, I just like him. I like his I like his brand of humor, and and I, I like modern romance. I think he's great in that that one bit role. In I, that. I, I didn't know that him and Albert Brooks, you know, their relationship was so yeah. tough. I mean, you know, it seems like there was some weird friction there that he was trying to kind of screw around a little bit. I mean, he yeah. showed up. He you know he talked. He said mostly yeah. nice things, but. There was some honesty there too, and it was a shame because yeah, that when they did work together in Modern Romance was was amazing. I think that you could sense that like yeah, there's definitely some differences between them, their styles and what. Well, they, if what you know, like, yeah. I'm Albert Brooks. I'm coming out with my movie, and I'm like, hey, bro, I wrote a part for you, like you know. And then your brother's like, yeah, I don't really get it. I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. You could sense that. Yeah, the they're both funny and their own rights, it. but different. Um, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, he's fantastic in Curve. I mean, that's what we you know. I think you and I know him best from absolutely um but yeah it was good i, I enjoyed it you got got quite quite amount of people on the on the dock too um yeah but then they would just disappear yeah there's people there for like two seconds and then they were just gone and you're like i would have loved to wrap up with them or something that was a little strange yeah i mean it was interesting to, to know more about like his background with like steve martin like being yeah. you know, partnered with him which i didn't know i knew I, I saw it from the trailer, but I didn't know much about that going into it. So I, that, that was interesting, just kind of hearing a little bit of his... Oh, yeah, that's Mothers start. Brothers, man. They they launched a lot of people. Yeah. That's a documentary in itself. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, we'll I make it. it. We're the experts. Yeah, it was good. Could have been a little bit longer, but... It was both a, a, a matter of, like, this could have been longer, and it was just long enough, too. Yeah, I feel like they, they did cover pretty much everything. You know what I appreciated was... Um, Seinfeld was there to explain comedy. That was important. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't do that enough. Yeah, it was that needed. Sucks. You know, <laughs> shut up, dude. We get comedy. Like every time, it's just like you see what a comedian is doing here. Like every fucking time, it's like you have nothing to talk about, do you? 
Yeah, I think I think he's he's trying to do the Costanza where he does the you know try to leave on a high note with Seinfeld as the show. And I mean, comedians and cars is is kind of hit or miss. Um, and usually yes, it's the guest that you know absolutely elevates it. It's not necessarily yeah. him. No, it's not his fake laughter and fake yeah. interest. Yeah, it's it's you know the dynamic between him and Larry David. You know, you see like like the two of them like the two of them in a room together. That's where like that's where you see the synergy and and yes. that's where he's at his best. But that's off of Larry David, you know. One hundred percent. I so. mean, very much off of Larry David because he can go off and, and be equally, if not more, brilliant. Right. Yeah. So the two of them to putting their heads together, yeah, they're great. And but otherwise, we get B movie and comedians and cars getting coffee. <laughs> I didn't even think about B movie. I forgot about that. Um, Never forget, Dan. I tried to, but you brought it up. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> I, I've been meaning to ask you if you uh, if you held up to the bar. I, I was good. I was like, I will text Dan if this happens. I totally intended to today, but I I blew the bargain. I hope you did too. I did not. I I actually I actually watched it this morning. You son of a bitch! I love that. I meant to, <laughs> and then it just was like it was cutting into my research for this movie, and I was like, hmm, That's people, fair. would you rather I succeed in the bargain or give us a halfway decent episode? I mean, by the end of this, you might be like, hey, you should watch the movie, but. It was there. I literally even hit play on uh-huh. it. And I was like, I just, I got to get this part done first. And here we are. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not upset about that. Cause I, I feel like you have to be in like a, a headspace to watch. It's that been, a, movie, we're in the craziest know? time of year. Once this thing yeah. was proposed, like it's literally like starting tomorrow, even tonight, maybe I'll get to it. Like, yeah, it'll be this time for it, but I am all ears on your experience on uh, the, your bogus journey. I mean, yeah, we're also talking about like a super light and breezy movie and That's like a, a, he- a heavy yes. mo- you know, movie. So I, I get it. Subtitled I movie. I mean, it's a, right. it's a commitment, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there's no, that, there's no real hesitation on my end other than just time and wanting sure. to give it the proper focus. Sure. So the I guess we'll wait. I hope you gave to Bill and Ted too. Yes. No, I did. I did devote time to it. I saw it was on HBO Max. I was like, you know, I was oh, looking excellent. for something. I saw it on there. I was like, okay, you know, this gives me a good opportunity to watch it. Um, you know, I watched an HBO Max movie I meant to tell you about a couple weeks that? back. It was, I think, maybe his last movie, but one of his last movies. It was a Cornell Wilde movie he directed. Was that's it on HBO one? Max? Uh, no, it's a post-apocalyptic one. Oh, the green, uh, something with green. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. with, uh, with um, his wife in it. Yeah, how was that? Uh, interesting concept, but not, not great. Not the stuff that we love from, like, A Storm Fear. yeah. But, I'm trying to think you know, of what the name of that is because I know exactly what you're talking about, and I've 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 wanted to see it, but I haven't. I think it's I think it is a a DVD Warner Archive too. I believe that's correct, um, which makes sense that it would be on HBO Max because they're very yeah. Warnered up. No yeah, blade of grass. No blade of grass. Yeah, check yeah. it out. I mean, it's interesting, but I I didn't didn't love it like I did his other works. Cool. I mean, I'm glad you I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, I would I would probably recommend Naked Prey or Beach Red. Definitely check those two out. Yeah, well. Beach Red's Kino and Naked Prey's Criterion. So I'm both on Blu-ray. Speaking of checking those two out, uh, the suspense can wait no longer. What did you think of uh, Preston and Logan coming back round two? (laughs) Wild Stallions. Do you you want to hear it now or do you want to wait until you watch it? We commensurate at the same time. Do you think you'll remember? Can you hold, can you hold back? Um, Should we record a bonus little stinger at the end of this episode one of these nights? Potentially. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, if, if you if you feel okay with it, I'm, I'm okay talking about it. I say talk about it because like you were saying, it is okay. two different tones, you know. Okay. It, it, it is a bit of whiplash probably going from uh, from Bill and Ted to yes. the music it's qu- room. It's quite, quite the, the difference. Um, <laughs> I, 
I liked it. I, I really liked the beginning of it. I, I, I liked the the setup of it. Um, Battle of the, the Bands, Pam Greer. The, the, future, the futuristic nature oh, of sure, it. Oh, like, sure, the very, like, yes, like, of course. Like, I like the, the, the comedy behind, here I go talking about comedy. Um, but, like, the idea right, of, like, them, them, con- yeah, them conceptualizing, like, this, this, you know, world or this utopia, quote, unquote, utopia in their eyes of, like, what that future, you know, ended up being. And then, you know, kind of working its way from that. I, I did like that approach. You found um, it, it, was, it was quite stationed for you? It was station, yes. A station, excellent. Yes, very station. Members yeah. of Faith No More? Yeah, well, dude, and, and that blew my mind because literally the night before, I, I happened to catch the epic video for oh, Faith No More randomly. Excellent. So, like, I, I literally just saw that guy, and then the next morning... He stands I'm, out, yeah. Yeah, and, and, like, from Faith No More, and then the fact that Primus <laughs> is in it later performing, like, yes. I, yeah, there was a lot going on that I was trying to... There's a lot of cool stuff like yeah. that, like little things like that, that, that you know, and, and some great George Carlin. And I think he gets more to do in this one than the last one. Yeah. And I like I liked the the nod with the them watching this, the the Gorn uh, Arena episode of, of Star Trek. Of course. And then, and then them going, going right to where it was filmed. To where it was filmed. I, I, yeah. I, I, I picked up on that. And I was like, wow, that's that's a nice touch. Because that's like one of my favorite. I mean, most people's favorite, but it's definitely up sure. there for me for Star Trek. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I, I liked it. It. It definitely doubles down on the ridiculousness. And I guess for that and sequels, I appreciate that they just kind of went all out and the I appreciate that. pretty zany, you know? And they could have easily just like coasted on the time traveling thing again, but they're like, right. no, 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 let's just take them to heaven and hell. Like that's, yeah, exactly. that's pretty great. And and you got, uh, what's his name from, as you mentioned, from uh, Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2, yeah. Uh, as, as Sadler. Dad, so. Yeah, Sadler. Great, Wayne, great Wayne work. Uh, yeah, you get some 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 good uh games with the devil or with uh well you also get the devil but with with death yes you get but hell was very entertaining uh as well yeah and uh the football twister. game and uh yep. <laughs> and twister and and clue yeah no it was a good time i i enjoyed i had fun watching it, it it's yeah. i had the same feeling that i had with the first one where it's like if i had seen that when i was like growing up like some of the other like classics that you grew up with like when that came out I would definitely feel way different about it now. Like my yeah, I don't know who's to, to blame it. for that. I, yeah. I don't know how that could have happened. They just weren't like, I was aware of them, but I just never just sat down and watched them. Like yeah. I was aware of them. I just never actually took the time. I think I was just watching other But stuff. that's like a failure on your friends, your family. Like, I mean, you can't even take full responsibility for this, Dan. Yeah, I, you could argue that. Yeah, I think even my fans were, I mean, not my fans, my friends were not really... Your fans have been begging for you to watch yeah. this. That's why it took us, you know, yeah. 2021, 2022 to get there. But we're right. here. I'm so glad to hear it. You know, third one's optional. It'd be fun if you get there, but yeah, I'm open to watching it. I, you know, why not? I'll, I'll find some time to watch it. You see it pop up on an HBO Max or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not opposed go. to it. Posable thumbs, right? I got one. <laughs> That's good burger, though. Absolutely. Uh <laughs> I've been watching because uh, I got well. I'm officially be paying for it. No longer in the trial of Paramount Plus, but they have mm. Legends of the Hidden Temple, and that's one of my all-time favorites. And I, I can't. Re- it's almost worth just paying ten bucks ad-free a month. Just I love that. that. I love that show. So good. Oh, Kirk Falk's not swinging in on the vine just yet, so it's you know they're still working out the bugs, but still good. I used to get creeped out when uh, they'd be running through the the temple, and then the temple guards would jump out and grab them. And like I don't like uh. people like 
get like Dude, jumping and like touching me. Like is watching the people jump. Because I know they, they try to scare them. Too. Yes. And I mean, it, does, it is scary at home too, because yeah, conceptually you're putting yourself in their shoes. Right. Or, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're wearing in the games. Yeah. But between that, that, that and guts, shirt. you know, that and oh, guts yeah. back in the day. But um, at least with guts, no one's trying to scare you. That's true. They're just, Those I mean, just they're so hucking fast. fake rocks at you and stuff. Yes. But yeah. Yeah, you got it's more like a, like a sport. It's not more in, as interactive with with people yeah. like that. In I that appreciated way. guts, but it's like Temple was like I could actually participate on that. That's my yeah. level of fitness. Or Nick Arcade, maybe. Well, well, all right. I mean, Nick Arcade. If we're being honest, that's day one. That's where you're putting me. But <laughs> I was just say I, I I kind of pictured you as as a as a Nick Arcade uh, type of fan. Um, not necessarily yeah. a fan, but appreciator. I actually found it quite quite boring. But really. I enjoyed it. Wasn't, that show. It wasn't my favorite show, but it was like interesting, especially at the end where they would go in the game. Right. That's what I liked. Yeah. But it took a while to get there. And like, you know, it's something that confuses me now. Here's, here's an old man uh, talking about some, some old man stuff. <laughs> the, the fascination with watching people play games, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. I could do I, that I in that. person. Yeah. Like if I'm like on a couch, you know, yeah. it's a little easier, but like, you know, going on YouTube and, and, and stuff like that. Sometimes you're doing it for strategy. I'll accept that. Right that remark but beyond that it's just like people have like youtubers they like and i don't know why would you waste your time on that but thanks for listening to the show i was gonna say, I, I say like, <laughs> yeah i'm waiting for you to turn it back you know look back in the mirror a little bit not the noiros no well they're not watching they're listening exactly our faces that are not allowed nope i mean i don't know one day maybe we'll do a live something this this year our huh? live stream or live stream yeah yeah we could do that maybe I don't know what the right do. movie for that is, or maybe that's like, you know, a little one-off. Maybe we do blank check for that one or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we re- reevaluate the, the neo-noir blank check. Um, yeah, there's, there's certainly crime in it. There is, yeah, of the first order. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it could, be, it could be something. It could be something. Speaking of getting things in order, are you ready to get into this episode? I was going to say, speaking of something being something. <laughs> I feel like I got nothing else to offer other than I got uh, a late Christmas present, the, the complete Calvin and Hobbes. Ooh. And uh, I've been enjoying that. What, what a good how thick is that? It's very heavy. Um, yeah. Brooke got it actually sent to her place and we had to take it back here. And that was very comical <laughs> because it was, it was quite heavy. I was going to say, it's got to be pretty, pretty It really heavy. put some things into perspective as far as, uh, you know, shape and, and where it's all going with me. <laughs> <laughs> where you're at currently yeah <laughs> absolutely i get that so lift a couple calvin and Hobbes completes the hardcover i don't know what the soft cover is like though i'd imagine it's a bit heavy itself but even yeah. when you take one of these out of the box it's it's still an undertaking gotta do some reps you know daily yep. reps with those you know this one's not coming in the bathroom it's not a bathroom burn. no you can't do that it's, it'll get, you, you flag it for yourself you know exactly like, yeah, you can't still, I would still say for now, the Joe Para book is your best bet for going into the bathroom with a book. I would agree. I, I still need to get it. It's been on my list. I, I was waiting until like after the holidays to, 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 to get it, but I, I, I will get it. It's top of my list. So It's a good, good time to get it. Also, good time. Uh, we recently just lost Betty White. You know, go get some Mary Tyler Moore show. I've been watching yeah. some episodes of that. Definitely She's so bummer. good on it. Yeah. yeah. What a... What a huge career you know <laughs> like you think about like, incredible yeah what she's I mean, done an, you know an institution you pretty much were just like born and and she was a part of the whole thing i yeah i remember going to grandma's house and golden girls was on and mm-hmm. yeah just a, you know staple for so long 
it's going to be interesting moving on from here. It's more and more becoming a world that's that's hard to recognize. But I don't yeah. know. I guess that's part of aging, right? Or yeah, unfortunately, our, or circumstances just a little different. It's tough to tell. It's hard little, to not feel special and and feel special. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm in the city. Episode fifty four. <laughs> Released June 9th, 1950 from 20th Century Fox, was directed by Jules Dassin, screenplay by Joe Essinger, and uh, this was based on the novel, Night in the City, Who Would Have Thought, by Gerald Kirsch. Welcome to the show. Welcome. We got Widmark, we got a tease of tyranny. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. British, British actors. Yeah, it's a real, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bunch of crew and cast. And- Great secondary players. Yeah, I, 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 do, I real quick want to just say overall, like after it's been a it's been a while since I've seen this, and I was really looking forward to watching it again because watching it again yet again, you just like I leave this movie. I'm like, this is just how it's done. Like you know, like I just had that reaction. Like like this is how you do it. Like this is how you make like a really just well crafted, well rounded film noir. Like yeah, this is another one of those like essential film noirs. You're gonna yeah. get to it certainly in the first like. 15 to 20 films you ever watch, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's... You know, it's in our great. case, episode 54. But, you know, the, the lads had seen it before. Uh, this was, like, you know, a pretty early Criterion DVD release. Mm. Like, around 2005 it had come out, and then later the, the great Blu-ray had come out with its questionable cover art. Dan, do you want to briefly... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? It's it's fine. I get it. But, I get it. Yeah, but I kind of would I kind of would wish for something else, to be honest. Yeah. But I will say that this isn't the first um, Jules Dassin film I've ever seen. Actually, believe it or not, the first one I ever saw was Rafifi. Um, yeah, I think that was the same for me too. I mean, oh, Rafifi really? is, is such a... Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's the most famous one of his. I mean... And, yeah. I mean, there's Brute Force. There's Thieves Highway, which I, I, I haven't seen, but I've been wanting to. I, I've been holding yeah. out for Blu-ray for so long for Thieves Highway, and it hasn't come. So maybe we can conjure it right now. We'll see if these powers still exist in, in this new year. We're hoping so. Maybe get a 4K. Hear that I know, right? Out? At this point, that's what we're asking for. Hopefully, Kino snakes it and does a 4K. You're listening. Take one of this too. Yeah, because it is. It's such a. Um, I mean, it's a, a well-restored film. film yeah. beautiful cinematography. You get that unique London noir cityness that you really don't get anywhere else. Certainly not of this caliber. So yeah, it's it's great. All it, around. it would deserve deserve a, a good view. But yeah, this this one's great. This is like. One of, if not the pinnacle, Richard Widmark films. I mean, he's, he he plays this role fantastically. Oh yeah, that was actually that was the the, the adjective I was going to just use. I, I was going to say, yeah, he's fantastic. In it. He's like, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no other word for it. This this is the good stuff. This is why we love this guy. Even though he's he's always welcome, we we don't have nearly enough of him here on the show. But it was time. This is the one, and we're going to open immediately with the title line, Dan. Night in the City. I, I think yep. it's possibly the quickest title line in, in film history at the time, right? Could, could be. <laughs> I can't think of one where it's like literally just the first words are, hey, Night in the City. <laughs> in, in case you wanted to uh, see another movie, I guess, in the theater, yes. if you weren't sure of which movie you were seeing. You know, sometimes you don't know until you check your ticket and you look yeah. up on the title screen and you don't know where you are. Theater's dark. Sometimes you could go into the wrong theater, I guess. Well, we're putting the lights on and we are in London, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also in an apartment and we meet an out-of-breath Harry Fabian. This is our Richard Widmark. He's scavenging through his girlfriend Mary Bristol's stuff. He's looking for money and he's trying to do it without her knowing. But, of course, she totally busts him. Here's our Gene Tierney. Mm-hmm. 
always good to see her. I, oh, yeah. I, mean, I think we we are fans. I think that's no secret to the to the show to the fans themselves. I'm a fan. uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Fabian needs money for his latest scheme. He's always scheming. This one he says is for a Greyhound racing track, but it actually turns out that it's going to be going towards paying off a debt. There's a big scary someone outside who is waiting for it. He's the one who chased Fabian here. So Mary, she goes to her neighbor's place to borrow the money. He's a designer. He's all about the arts. His name is Adam Dunn, and he has a major crush on Mary because, duh, it's Gene Tierney. Yeah. How could you not? Short hair in this one. That's a fun yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And Fabian, he mostly works at the Silver Fox, which has a great neon fox sign inside. Cool nightclub. Uh, this is where Mary works as a singer and this is run by Phil uh, Nosros, right? How do you pronounce that one, Dan? Nosros? Nosros? That sounds I, right. Yeah, I think that's it. We're going to be calling him Phil anyways. And he has a wife, Helen. And um, we see that she runs a tight ship. She's, she's saying to the, the crew how things should be done. She she likes she likes being a boss, hmm. um, and his job there is interesting. He what would you say, Denny? Like just kind of scams tourists basically to get them to go to the Silver Fox. Yeah, it, it's like like touts. He's like a tout. So basically, he goes around. He, he kind of preys on tourists. Um, like because he he's to, American. So when other Americans right. come there, they're like, "Hey, it's one of our own," and like he pretends to know you know people that they know. Right. There's that nice scene that that whole sequence where he he like bribes the 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 guy driving the carriage when he sees the three Americans and they go into a bar and he like he gets some names so he kind of name drops some people they might know and say, "Oh, it's somebody from back home," and kind of like draws and he pretends them in. like he finds like a wallet too and is like, "Is this anyone's wallet?" Right. Then to he show that he's someone honest. who works there, and then when he's done, he like pays him and gets yep. his wallet back. Yeah, it, just the, nice basically his job scam. is to is to wrangle people up to get him to go to the bar to to basically get money out of them. You know, to, to the Silver Fox. He's basically like loosely employed to just basically just go around trying to scam people into going it to make money for for the Silver Fox. Whatever gets the money coming in. Uh, yep. And Fabian, he's he, he's always looking to to hustle some rubes. He heads to a wrestling show. Uh, and, and starts to work his magic, but he's busted pretty quickly by a henchman of the promoter. Uh, the promoter's name is Christo, and uh, Christo's father is in town from Greece with his protege, Nicholas, and they're watching the fight, and his father is pretty disgusted by it. His name is Gregorius, which is going to be a lot of fun to say. Uh, he's he's, he's a, awesome. He's awesome. All the, all the best stuff involves him. Great, great acting from him. Like you were saying, just all the side players just really yeah. kill it in this. His backstory is wild, too. I'm sure we're going to get to it later Right on. now, he's a former champion Greco-Roman wrestler, and um, he's quite a traditionalist. He's disgusted by what he's seen. He's causing quite a commotion. He's calling out his son for this phony match. And Fabian, he sees all this going down, and he's cooking up a fresh scheme. He's going to get in on the wrestling racket, and he knows how to get around the crooked promoter. And, uh, you know, our Christo, he has a stranglehold on the whole wrestling scene in London. So he's going to use Gregorius, his father. And he's like, I'm going to throw traditional Greco-Roman style wrestling matches. And you're going to help me. We're in on this together. And uh, Gregorius is into this. He gets him at the right time. He likes the cut of his jib. What could go wrong, right? Yeah. What could go wrong? So knowing he is a sure thing, he immediately races back to the Silver Fox. And when I say races, I mean, he does a lot of running in this movie. Oh. Uh, maybe rivaling uh, Edmund O'Brien and DOA. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, it's pretty, pretty close. We'll have to do the, that the was top, the one top thing three I thought most run, running main character. Yes. 
we have our two. We'll get once we get our third, we'll do the countdown. Um, yeah. But yeah. Richard Widmark even said in an interview that he lost a lot of weight during filming because of all the running he had to do. Yeah, I'll bet. Good exercise being an actor, huh? Yeah. Maybe we should uh, get into a couple roles then, get ourselves fit. Yeah, you need to with that Calvin Hobbes book, you know. Oh <laughs> you gotta, boy, Jeez. you gotta you gotta get those those reps in. By the time I'm done with volume three, weigh me in. I, I might be I might be ready for the featherweight at that point. Run around the neighborhood carrying it, you know, lifting it up, stuff like that. Oh, that's how you get a heart attack. I think this thing <laughs> is nuts. But go get it. You know, it's worth the buy. What a what a uh, fascinating strip. There's a nice just like lead up into the book, and he just talks about how he just refused merchandising and had to fight his publisher, but he did what was right. That's a guy to to really look up to. That Bill Watterson. Mm-hmm. Some good noir film noir stuff in there too. When he uh, oh yeah, his little his little character. Yeah. Oh. Did I'll be not know that. Sending you some texts. Cool. Maybe, maybe watch the stories. We'll uh, we'll have some stuff. Who knows, Dan? Lots of promises in the new year. Never know. <laughs> um, so yeah, he goes to the Silver Fox. He asks Phil for money, but Phil refuses. Probably a combination of the fact that he has no belief in Fabian. He's he's tried this stuff before. He's a total failure, and also he probably has some fear of Christo. I mean, this is a big time criminal uh, mastermind in, in the. In London, I, I don't know if it's all wrestling with him. Maybe he has his uh, fingers in other pots. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that greyhound racing. Who knows? But Helen, Phil's wife, she makes a whole stink about how no one believes in, in Fabian, and this thing is so insane that if you could actually get any money, we'll put up half. My, my husband's gonna put up half the money if you can come up with two hundred dollars because they need four hundred pounds. But two hundred pounds, know, we're in, yeah. We're in America. We may slip here. Sorry about that. Uh, I'll pip, forgive pip, you. Pip, 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 and cheerio, right there. We're, we're not uh, American, so we'll, we'll get, give you a little bit of slack, I guess. Thank you. I mean, we're, he's our, he was, we came to the party with Widmark, so yep. go blame him. Uh, so Phil agrees. Sure, I'll pay half if you could come up with it. I'm with my wife. We're laughing at you. Easier said than done. No one's going to back Fabian. He goes everywhere. But does he go to that boat place? Is that where we first meet her, the lady from the end? Yeah, so he goes around to all these different like people in the like Some friends and under and people in the underworld like like yeah. grifters and, and scammers and all the people that are kind of similar to him, which ends up kind of backfiring on him later too. But again, now yeah, you know, yeah, he's finding that no one no one wants to stake him. You she know, was and, one of them though, wasn't she? She was, I believe. Because I remember meeting her before the end, but I couldn't quite place. Her. I think I, I, I think you're right because yeah. there's that there's the there's the forger and then there's the um. The guy that has all like the people that like beg on the streets and yeah. like he kind of like sets them all up to basically try to scam money out of people. Um, <laughs> that, that that, those moments were so brief, but they were great. Yeah. You could really, there's a lot of real estate in some of those characters because yeah, that, that was a good time. But yeah, so nobody's backing him, but then he finally does find someone who's willing to put up the money and uh, wouldn't you believe it? It's Helen of all people. That's why she made a whole stink about it. She wants to leave her husband and she wants to start her own nightclub. Um, she's been saving up to do just that. She found a great location. It's a closed nightclub that she wants to reopen ASAP, but she can't do the license issues. So Fabian can help her get a license. She'll help out. She's in on this thing. Um, and then Christo's right-hand man, Fergus Chillick, Mr. Chillick, he shows up to warn Phil to stop Fabian from his dreams of wrestling promoting. And, and Phil is fine with that. He, he, he had earlier, he's dropped on a phone call that Helen is on with Fabian regarding the license which he doesn't have and lies about. That's when he starts to suspect that she's been a little unfaithful because um, during that meeting, we find out that Helen and Fabian, they had been together at one point, but yeah. she had gotten with Phil because, you know, he was a little more successful, had 
more going on, but she said she never stopped thinking of him as well. And of course, old Harry Fabian's happy to take advantage of that. That's how he does. Unredeemable character in this, and and I love it. That's it's one of the best. I mean, we're gonna get to it, but we've had so many damn happy ending movies in a row. It was good to get to this one. Yeah. So Phil, he then talks to Fabian. This is after he was told to to back off, but Fabian uh, he shows up with two hundred dollars. Phil's like, I'll be your silent partner. Go ahead. You can take all the glory. That sounds good too, right? Nothing to worry about. Yeah. So right. Fabian is off and running again. He's booked his first fight, which Christo has immediately heard about. And they head to the gym, him and Mr. Chillick. They get Fabian to call the promotion off. They, they want him to get the call the promotion off, rather. Um, but he play, he's a cool, and he brings over Gregorius. And it's like, well, look who I'm working with, huh? Gregorius won't be swayed. He's, like, he's lost all respect for his son and his quote-unquote wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Christo warns his father, don't be involved with a guy like Fabian. He's kind of a scummy guy. Yeah, he's a scammer, yeah. Can't trust him. And I wonder why, because Fabian now goes to deliver a phony license to Helen, and she goes ahead and gets started on her dream right away. He gets the money he needs. All is going well. Nice little uh, scene, though, with, with that, where he, like, fakes like he grabs a, a, a cop and then, like, pulls him aside like he's doing, like, a, like a dirty deal directions. with him. Yeah, yeah, and they just ask for directions. <laughs> it comes out and then pulls the phony license out of, uh, out of his pocket. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, there's one scene, too, where he, Fabian goes out and there's, like, kind of into traffic and the car is about to hit him. And uh, I was like, "Uh Oh, here comes a Widmark skid mark. (laughs) Did you actually say that out loud? Yes, I did. I was like, I hope I remember that for the podcast. Oh boy. I'm glad I did. Thank you very much. (laughs) So yeah, we got the phony license. All all is going well. Um, Christo tells Phil that he knows he's Harry's backer. And Phil says he'll make Gregorius see that Fabian is a con and mm. he has a plan. So he's like, I'm going to, I'm telling Fabian, I'm backing out of this deal unless we can get someone more commercial to bring more people in. Mm. You know, like someone say the Strangler. I <laughs> uh, was one of Christo's guys. Uh, this old this is our old, old friend at this point. Yeah. Friend of the show. Mike Mazurki. Mazurki. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, uh, Murder My Sweet. A million at this point. Just one of the great crossovers of Hollywood at that time. Mm-hmm. Glad to have his stamp of approval here. Although I'm going to say Gregorius, between the two of them, I, I like him a lot more. Yeah. Just something about him. He's a charming guy. Well, get, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie coming up with them. Oh, so. it, it, it's yeah. coming. Absolutely. So Fabian has no choice to agree. He doesn't want to lose out on the money. So he agrees to take on the Strangler, which is going to be tough because he's kind of he does the kind of wrestling that Gregorius hates. Mm-hmm. But he's a, able to trick him into it. And by getting the Strangler to challenge Nicholas in a way that gets Gregorius on board with the whole thing. Right. So seems like a foolproof plan all as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's so, like pulling so many strings. Like it's he, a he, lot like, of did, work. Like, yeah, like a lot of work just to get this get this whole scheme there's a lot of moving moving pieces um, between the running and, and the scheming. You can tell that, that yeah. sweat is legit. Yes, he, he's a sweater in this one. Harry tells Phil that all is set, not to worry. But of course, Phil then backs out. He calls Christo and tells him everything. And now Fabian has no backing again, so he goes to the bank, aka Jean Tierney's place. I mean, she's got the money, right? Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing? You're killing me. Me and yourself. I beg you, I beg you, don't do it to us, Harry. Harry, don't! It's not money you're taking. 
the gymnasium this is it this is where uh the strangler and gregorius they get into that amazing fight they can't hold back the anger between these two any longer nicholas the protege breaks his wrist uh, immediately trying to stop this fight <laughs> christo arrives to watch this thing happen and i didn't time it but it is what it's like intense, five minutes man. at least like it's a long yeah long fight that no pun intended but no punches are pulled like it looks like it's gripping. it hurts it's yeah. really gripping like I, I like i mean i've seen this before but and I, I remembered what happened but like you know in the moment you're like holy crap it's like they it's live intense. level of fight like going on and on but it's just so good and, and yeah just needed you wouldn't cut a thing from it, it it's yeah the best scene of the movie yeah no it's and that and the ending uh you know the result yeah. of it you know but you, yeah it's like the metaphoric obviously too with like the 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 greco-roman wrestling like proving a point you know what i mean like there's that element to it but then ultimately it leads to you know what you're about to get to a little too much for for gregorius unfortunately and the great man the gregorius the great he falls he, he passes and of course christo he is gonna blame harry fabian for this mm-hmm. and he puts up one thousand pounds to get him to for the man who gets harry and so gets the word out in a nice word is sequence. out. Yep, no, a great montage, and Fabian is back on the run. So Helen, he finally, she finally goes to Phil. Is like, hey, I'm leaving you. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going into business with Harry. I got my place going. All is well. He's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Wink, wink. You'll be back. And, yeah, absolutely, and and we definitely see that that happens because um she starts instructing the, the girls at her new club what to do here's how it goes a young nice police officer comes in just going about the rounds asked to see the license just because it's like hey, it's a little earlier than i thought uh this thing was closed down mm. but a uh, little water spills on the license and we find out that it's a phony so yeah helen has to go back to phil and that's a bummer so from here um there's uh, uh fiegler mm. Fiegler is a friend of uh, Harry Fabian's. He's a uh, he's like the master scammer. Yeah, he's, he's like come to my place. You can lay low here, but then he totally calls Christo trying to get his money as well. And which Fabian then starts to figure out, and then he leaves and he goes to this. Uh, it's like a boat rental. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the harbor. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the lady we were alluding to earlier, Anna O'Leary. Uh, she's a brief part, but I, th- I thought she did very great in this. Yeah. He kind of meditates a little bit on what's been going on. And again, talk kind of breaking down of like, he's obviously physically exhausted, but like emotionally and mentally spent because it's like all, like I said, like all these like different strings that he's been pulling and it's all, it's all falling apart on him. We're all exhausted by this yeah. point. Just a, a lot has happened. We just went through that wrestling match. By this point, you just, you feel for him. You know, you're breathing just as hard. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Harry Fabian, he, he's starting to feel everything closing in on him he, he he regrets how everything has been going and then of course gene tierney shows up she still loves him she's trying to help him escape but he refuses and he's also saying go to christo you know someone's going to collect this money on me it might as well be you like i've taken so much from you pretty much every scene with us has been me taking money from you so it's his last um, scheme his last scam is exactly. on with himself and she refuses, so she leaves. And Fabian, he's like, I'm not going to sit here and just and wait for this to go down. So he comes out and, and once again is like, hey, you know, like, yeah, this 
this Mary, she turned me in like, ah, I can't believe you're going to get the money. Like someone I trusted, like really playing it up to make sure she gets paid. But it's too late, of course, for our our Fabian and uh, he gets caught by the strangler. Strangler strangles him. Strangler (laughs) strangles him and just dumps him in the river. Yeah. The river Thames, right? Isn't that Mm -hmm. how you say that? I think so. Pronounce one of these things correctly. It'll be the, the damn river in London. And so he's Cristo on looks from the bridge, feeling good about it. Everybody leaves. Great. Yeah. That whole last shot is is so well done. Mm -hmm. Strangler gets busted. Police show up. That's that. Just a a perfect ending. I I was going to say there's a great uh, bonus feature on the Blu-ray. I don't know if it's on the DVD. It's an older interview. I think it's from like 2004 with Jules Dassin talking specifically about a lot of things, but about the, that last shot and how they got all that together because there's they actually used multiple cameras and did it all uh-huh. all, all one take. So like wow. they're all in succession and all in one take, um, which is amazing. A lot Definitely. of amazing accomplishments with this one we're, we're about yeah. to get into. But on the, there's also, so there's two cuts of this movie. The one we've been discussing is the American cut. Have you seen this other cut, the British cut? I haven't watched it. I mean, I know I, that the, the version that we watch is like, that's the one that's like closer to his vision. So I kind of always stuck to that. Yeah, exactly. And I like the, the other one has like I guess a little happier of an ending. I didn't yeah. get to quite see what it was, so I apologize for different that score lack too. Of, different score that I'd be curious to hear. The score, I mean, it wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't awful. Like, I mean, it's not anything you notice. Like, it just it was sufficient. Yeah, it does a good job. But I wonder how that other one is. So I'll, we'll check that out at some point. But yes, yeah, so there's that. Um, as far as fun facts go, uh, this movie was purchased from the author for forty five thousand dollars in May nineteen forty six. Out of the past, director Jock Turner was possibly going to direct it, but production had been canceled due to casting difficulties, and so uh, it had kind of languished for a little bit. There'd been a lot of screenwriters assigned to the project, even though only one got credit, and so no one really knows who contributed what still at this point, but. Whoever, whoever did what, they did a great job. Um, there is a remake of this movie mm-hmm. uh, with Robert De Niro in it. Which I've never seen. From 1992, yeah. And apparently it's really like more of a remake of this movie as opposed to the novel. Interesting. The novel can't seem to get a lot of love because the director of this movie, uh, Jules Dassin, he didn't even read the novel. He nope. really just, he, he was in the process of being blacklisted when this film fell into his lap. It was a favor from 20th Century Fox's head of production, Daryl Zanuck. And he told him that this is probably going to be the last movie you're ever going to direct. So you should start with the most expensive scenes first. So you can't be fired and be blacklisted until after this thing gets finished. Yeah. You had to hurry up. You had no um, time to read. Like who has time to read the book at that point? <laughs> you could barely have time to read the script. So he just kind of focused on that, which was, and the script was mostly good to go other than Daryl Zanuck had scrapped the original opening. It's mm-hmm. one he conceived himself because he wanted to show Fabian as a sympathetic character right off the bat because mm-hmm. he got a lot of challenges here with someone like that. But mm-hmm. Widmark's going to pull it off. Come on now. Yeah. And it seemed like everyone was rooting for Dassin on this project from Zanuck to even London itself. The business owners were even persuaded to leave their lights on at night to assist with filming. Um, and the results are, as we've been saying, breathtaking. I mean, this is definitely one of those movies where like the city it was filmed in is is very present and, and a big part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some in, incredible shots that they're able to pull off. And it definitely, you see a different side of London than one we're used to. I mean, the title does promise both night and the city. So, and you do get a lot both of that. Both the title and the first, 
lines yeah. of the script. So you know what? I better see some night in the city. Yeah, and, and it delivers. I, I absolutely it delivers. Well done. It's like this director's a professional or something with a lot yeah. of good movies. He's done this a few times. And so he was officially blacklisted when it came time to oversee the edit or the musical scoring. So two scores he had nothing to do with out there. Jean Tierney, uh, her singing voice was dubbed. Unfortunately, that was not her. But mm. Maudie Edwards had did it and had done a lovely enough job. I mean, it's such a brief scene that he barely yeah. noticed it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Harry Fabian, as far as differences from the novel, like he's more sympathetic in this movie than he was in, in the book. You know, he apparently pimps out his girlfriend and then blackmails people. So mm-hmm. it's a little darker. I'm, I'm guessing that was left out of the De Niro movie. I know they changed that to boxing. Oh, because that? by that point, wrestling had become such a different thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Than it was at this point. Um, as far as the writer goes, Joe Essinger, they'll be back for Gilda. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then um, they also wrote a film I'd like to see with Barbara Stanwyck, Sterling Hayden, and Raymond Burr called Crime of Passion. From yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. That's on Kino, I think. Sounds like one to schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our director, Jules Dassin, he directed Brute Force, as we said, The Naked City we we're going to get to. Mm. We just conjured the Blu-ray for Thieves Highway. And then, of course, if you haven't seen Rafifi, you, you got to see it. Uh, it's his Blacklist comeback film that he was made, made in France. Um, definitely an essential. One of the greatest heist movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. thing has been a yeah. blueprint and copied upon. One of those ones where you're like, oh, that's where they got that from. Exactly. It's like, that's that's it, you know. And he did get some work, you know, in between this time. Daryl Zanuck had hired him as a director for a film called Half Angel, which was a Technicolor comedy that was going to star Loretta Young. But uh, he was replaced by Richard Sale after uh, Hollywood had pressured them to fire him. And then also in 1952, after he had been out of work for two years, Betty Davis had hired him to direct her play, Two's Company, uh, in Broadway. So that had helped, uh, but had closed once uh, Betty Davis's poor health had uh, affected the show. Then he headed back to Europe, so he would not get arrested. Dude, old Huac. Mm-hmm. Um, and his son, Joe Dassin, is a popular French singer. You're mm-hmm. very likely to have heard his biggest hit, Le Champs Elysees. Is it like... The Champs-Élysées, like the yeah, yes, the, like the, the river. Yes. Okay. You. Yes. Okay. Good song. Check it out. And so yeah, Jean Tierney, she was added to this movie from Daryl Zanuck. He was always kind of looking out for her because he was worried about her well-being and her mental health. She had just gone through a breakup, and he wanted to get her away from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. What better place to do so than old London? Oh, I think that helped. I think she did. She did good. I think in that role. I mean, she, she didn't have yeah, a lot I mean, of screen time, but. She made the most of it. I mean, yeah. she's, she de- you definitely wanted more of her in this movie, but every, I mean, I so jam-packed, you yeah. don't know, yeah, where you could have put her. It's just like such a bit part. I mean, she almost would have been better off playing uh, Helen, but how are you going to turn down old Googie Withers? Yeah, she was great. And uh, yeah, it's she was so uh, good. Yeah, like I said, like all the, all, a lot of like the small roles, the British actors are all, all fantastic in this. Yes, it's almost down like to the smallest, are. you know, the smallest parts have a history of uh, acting over there. Yeah. Quality work. A little bit. I'm disappointed though. We didn't get more opportunities to say Googie Withers on this show. So I'm sorry. Well, we did. So at least we did. At least we got it in a little bit. All about the destination, not the journey. Right. That's true. Closing up. I got some Richard Widmark quotes. Okay. He was friends with night in the city director, Jules Dassin, of course, along Mm -hmm. with name namer, Edward Mm Dimitrick. And then the fella who named his name, Ilya Kazan. 
so it was a particularly tough position for him to be in when this whole blacklisting thing went down. And he said, quote, those idiots, those men were afflicted with the worst period in American history, a period we should be very ashamed of. Eddie was a friend of mine. Kazan was an old friend. We used to do radio together. I knew him from the late 30s. He was the best actor's director that ever was around. I had total sympathy with all of them because I was so against what had happened, end quote. Hmm. And then I got one finally on his retirement from film. He said, quote, there's nothing could tempt me back. I've had it and I had a great time doing it. I always wanted to make movies. I have no regrets. But then as you get older, the parts aren't very good. You play the same old goat and it's no fun anymore. The whole process now, I'm out of touch. I'm not too much interested in digital effects and screaming aliens. <laughs> that would be interesting to see him in a movie that had that. Oh my God, yeah. But how right he was. We're still uh, digital yeah. effects and screaming aliens in every movie possible. Yeah, only, only one up from there. <laughs> Dark times. So sorry about that, Richard Widmark. Didn't mean to let you down. Yeah. But that's Night in the City, folks. Great film. Uh, I give it nine and a half cities out of ten. Okay. I think that's pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, you could, I could argue with ten. I don't, there's really nothing awful about it. I just, yeah, it's ten. Let's give it ten. Ten cities. Yeah. No, I mean. I, I, I can't think of a single thing against it. Yeah. I mean, th- again, it's like, yeah, this is definitely like a template movie for, for a lot of reasons. But also, yeah, it, it keeps you engaged the entire time. Like you, you're, yeah. you're in this and you're in these kind of webs and schemes and, and, and you're, you're riding along and it's, it's pretty nonstop. Like, I mean, there's a couple little, little, little breathers, but it's pretty unrelenting, but it's, it, it's engrossing and, and you kind of, you're, you're moving along with, with Richard Woodmark in this almost like him, you know? And, yeah, no, you're along for the ride or the yeah. run even. And um, yeah, everyone is so well-developed, even though, you know, they only give you so much, but right. It's just a, a great story and execution all around by everybody. Yes. And, you know, I'd say out of, out of these like tentpole films, it's one of the ones that has the most rewatch value. Like I think oh, it, yeah. it's, you, you wouldn't really get sick of this one or feel like, you know, you've seen it once you've seen it. Definitely one of my favorite Jewel Dassin movies I've seen. Of, of yeah. all, I've seen a bunch of his, but, but of the ones I've seen, it's definitely like this and like Rafifi, I think are definitely like top two for me. And I love Richard Widmark, so I'm glad yeah. to see him you know, have a showcase, and, and this is one of his best. So yeah. hopefully everyone dug this one for the, the first or the 31st time. Mm-hmm. Next time, if you, if you will, if you still would like to join us, I have one rec- recommendation for you, Dan. Okay. Bring a jacket. Okay. Because we're going on Dangerous Ground, 1951. Take a good look at this man. Don't blame him if his face is hard, tough, if his eyes are cold and cruel, if his fists talk and make talk. You know what Brawley told you when he put you back on the job? What kind of a job is this anyway? Garbage, that's all we handled. Yes, he's lived with corruption all his life. Breathing the evil stench wherever he walks. Alluring arms can't touch him. Bribing hands can never reach him. Only the worst can he see in people. 
and only violence can satisfy the hate inside of him. Until one day, a dangerous manhunt leads him to the strangest woman he has ever met. My brother's name is Danny. I know he has to be caught. But if Frank catches him, he'll kill him. With you, he'd be safe. Please, promise me he'll be safe. Put that knife down and come with me, Danny. You know my name? Come in, don't come in, I'll cut you. It's oh, gonna be cold. We got our old friend Robert Ryan. I bet you thought we were out of his movies. We're, we're barely just getting started on this fella. Just don't worry. The service. And uh, and also the long, long-awaited return of Ida Lupino. We, mm-hmm. we definitely need more of her in this year, and, and we're gonna bring it right off the bat. Looking forward to to, to getting into this this little yarn and and uh, hearing what we think. And it's an interesting w- winter weather one for sure. It is good time, good re- time of year for it. I'm ready for a rewatch on it too. So yeah. I think. I think it should be a fascinating time. But yes, yeah. bundle up and, and bring your, your ear warmers along with your headphones. And Hot cocoa, maybe. There. Ooh, cocoa sounds great. Yeah. One mile, one mellow or two, Dan. Yeah. Uh, give me a couple in there. Or the little ones, right? Fit in as many as you can. You know what? I like it that way, but I prefer it without. I, I like it just straight up hot cocoa by itself. Fair enough. Nothing against marshmallows. If they're in there, I'll eat them. If there. I can't do a big one anymore in my youth, of course, but yeah. now I, I, it would have to be a couple mini ones. Yeah. Or even like that. the super t- like tiny ones that sometimes are already in the packet. In the Swiss Miss pack, yeah. In your Swiss Miss, yeah, those are good. Yeah. Uh, colored marshmallows, though, those are still bullshit. Yeah. They really I don't even know if those me. exist anymore. I think maybe we killed those successfully in the 90s. Maybe. Yeah, I've, I can't recall the last time I've seen them, so maybe. Well, if you can recall, send us an email, therealoutofthepodcast at gmail.com. Send us pictures or, from the supermarket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tag us in your pictures out of the cast uh, on Twitter, out of the podcast on Instagram. Maybe we'll like it. Yeah. T- depending on the quality of the marshmallow in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe stage it like you would stage it from the, uh, the Maver TV uh, double indemnity maybe if you could get a picture where you're you're holding the bag of marshmallows kind of well, like yes that's our challenge to Richard, everybody Richard, send, Richard us, send us your double indemnity grocery store recreation specifically the re- tv remake but yes. you know if, if we have some traditionalists in the house we'll accept it yeah if you're looking um, over the aisle with sunglasses we'll, we'll let t-shirts still coming soon dan it'll be yes. ready for for late winter early spring but yes we, we really want to bring you the uh, the Double Indemnity Grocery Store Remake t-shirt. Merch is on the way. And we're gonna we're off to go plan that merch right now. So we, we don't have any more time for you folks. But thanks for, have, for dropping in. Yes, we have things to do. Come on now. You think we, we can't just sit here all day and talk about film noir? <laughs> we got other Zoom meetings to have separately. Exactly. We, got, we have private podcasts that we're not recording. Mm-hmm. Some would call them conversations. But, you know, this is a... A digital world and we're digital girls and yeah here we go bleep blorp <laughs> <laughs> and on that note friends thank you for joining the lads and in the meantime here's the crime, the crime. Yeah. Reading. Oh, 